Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? Welcome to episode 817. Got a lot of business to go over in this one. And the first thing I'm going to do and say to all the haters, you're morons. This is in the news, and this is very important to the MC scene that this coverage is coming out about the Mongols' motion to vacate their conviction on that RICO deal where the patch is in jeopardy. It is still in the appellate court right now in the Ninth Circuit. It's still going on. A lot of people don't know that, and that's what we're here for is to let you know what is happening. Now, little Dave, as you guys know, is the outbad international president of the Mongols. A lot has been going on with him. It's like every freaking camera he can get in front of, any radio show that will take him, he's on it. So he's said a lot of stuff. We've had him on. And there has been a lot of contradictions with him. Lots of it. And we're going to ask a few questions today. One, I want to invite John Sassone on the show in order to give his side of the story to answer some questions that we have that might not be let in court happen. Got all the transcripts of everything right now, and I'm going to be uploading them. That way you guys can download them when you can. It's probably going to be in a post on HarleyLiberty.com. The first question that I have always had was, why didn't Little Dave allow John Sassone on the witness stand to cross-examine? He was the agent in charge and involved in multiple other deals. Why wouldn't you want to challenge his accounting of everything going on? It always puzzled me that one deal. And we were able to look up a lot of the exhibits that are being entered into evidence right now because it's a hearing. And again, it's a motion to find out if they can get a new trial, which I believe they need to be able to. Now, little Dave has, again, the story's all over the place. But one question that I might, in my opinion, my opinion, seems very puzzling. Because he was going around on all the platforms saying, well, why would they want to come after me? 
you know, don't you think they would come after me? Don't you think they would want to take me down with the club? I was the head of the club. Why would I cooperate? That was a big thing that he said on all the programs. All of them. And I think we have an answer to that. Again, my personal opinion after reading the transcripts. One thing I can say. Most definitely. Clubs are supposed to be about brotherhood and riding. And you're not supposed to make money on your club's name. And if you are, you should be getting some kickbacks to them. So I was going through these transcripts and found some very interesting stuff that might actually answer that one puzzle that's been going on that he was saying on all these programs. Very interesting stuff. We're going to take a look at the question right now, and these are actual exhibits out of the trial. Let's take a look. Let's talk about why in the world wouldn't he allow John Sassone on that stand? He was claiming that he didn't want him on the stand because he could cause more trouble for the club. That was his claim. He also claimed that there was a club vote uh, regarding John and some other people. That was in his testimony. That was also in this email, Exhibit 4. The problem is that the mother chapter will be sending somebody to refute that according to these documents. So you have him saying one thing, the club saying another. And you know, it could be he said, she said stuff. It could be. But the problem with that is how many times can you believe the BS? Because he also claimed, and it's an individual we're going to be talking about, that he didn't know him at all. Turns out, the guy who set up things is testifying right now. And it also has to deal with an informant that was at that table. Very interesting stuff. And we got to cover a couple things this week on this trial. Because, again, it's so very damn important. It affects all clubs. That's why we're doing it. I can care less about Little Dave. I really can. I can care less about him. You know, with all the back and forth stories that he tells, I already know what's up. I already know. I'm not stupid. Anyway. Joe Yanni is the 
attorney that is actually arguing the motion right now for a retrial. He was also the original lawyer on the original case where they got Ricoed. An attorney is supposed to fight like hell for his client. And Joe was trying to do just that. The problem with it is he had to take direction from Little Dave. And you have to ask yourself again why he didn't want these certain people on the stand to talk. Now, again, he claims that it was a club vote, but it seems like it ain't the case. He's got somebody from the mother chapter going to come testify that, hey, we didn't do this club vote. And you're going to find out in a minute after we go through this that he was making money off the club and they didn't know about it. So you got to get some fishy stuff there. And it does have to deal with money. Something that's been a very big issue that he claims never happened. Not according to this witness. Anyway, this is from Joe Yanni to Little Dave. Or Yanni, my fault. Sorry. <laughs> I'm hooked on Phonics Hollywood, man. It's hard English language. Anyway, it goes on to say, Dave, I'm responding here to your email of two days ago about the witness list. Your demand to delete Roger, you, and especially Sassone. Yes, the ATF agent that was trying to bust them for years upon years, he didn't want on the witness stand. He goes on to say that puts him in a near impossible position. And he does go on to say Roger has already indicated that he will simply refuse to testify and claim his Fifth Amendment right to silence. I don't want that, so I will not even likely call him. However, leaving him on the list makes the Fed shy away from him, which is desirable. Additionally, I have Secret, who can give me what I really need from Roger about Laughlin in any event. Now, in our last video about this, Little Dave finally admitted he ran. He slipped up under questioning. But Laughlin, and you're going to say, what's that have to do with this case? Well, that was a basis of seeing if little Dave was telling the truth from what I'm reading into it. If he couldn't tell the truth about Laughlin and what happened, what makes you think he's going to keep telling you the truth, if you will? Who knows? As the calling you, I've ever already told you that I'm not going to call you if you refuse, even though it puts me in a very difficult position. Having you on the list is essential if at some point we needed to call you 
for anything. We shouldn't throw that possibility away. Here's a guy representing the club under a RICO type of deal where they could lose their patch, but more importantly, a fine of a half a million dollars. And this is the guy leading the charge. Why couldn't he be available? Why didn't he want to testify on that stand? And why didn't he want the ATF agent not to testify on that stand? Let's go on. The witness that you demand that I take off of the list, that creates a serious potential conflict for me is John Sassoni. Without his testimony, without his testimony, again, I'll repeat, we have no chance of winning this case. No chance. He's telling them right here, October 25th, 2018, that if he can't call that agent, the case is lost. I've explained in detail the reasons on many occasions. The whole prosecution and disputes between the Mongols and the HA is a contrived effort from the ATF. John, nearly all the helpful discovery was signed off by him. There is no way to undermine their case at evidentiary level without calling him. He ran the UCs and the CIs. Now, one thing about that is once you're in court, they have to divulge those CIs. Because you have a right to face your accuser. Little Dave didn't want that. If I, can, I can't call him, the case can't likely be won. You're asking me to take a chance on throwing the ability to win the case on culpability. That falls below my duty to act as a zealous advocate. This creates a serious potential conflict of interest. I don't want to be the target of, of a charge of inadequate representation. That was his email there. Now... After, and this is from Dave to him, his reply. After careful review with my chapter, he says, and the constant harassment by law enforcement, we would like to put you on notice regarding the witness list. He's already said with his chapter. I brought this concern up to you twice already, and now we want to move forward. Effective immediately, I need you to file an amending defendant witness list with the following changes. Please remove his name, David, Roger, and the ATF agent, John Sassone. I told you time and time again I did not wish to testify or be open for government to put me on the stand. You still went and put me on the list without my permission. Please respect our decision. It will not make or break the case removing three names on the witness list. 
Yeah, it would without that ATF agent on that stand. Again, this is Exhibit 4. We're going to go to the transcript real quick. Where they're talking about witnesses. Okay? And by the way, the 25th, they're going back up there. And I believe Stubbs, who goes by Bowtie, will be testifying in court. And he is a huge witness for the Mongols. And it will be interesting to see what he has to say. Because his first obligation is supposed to be to the Mongols. So he has to be truthful on that stand about his interactions with Dave. What he did, what he didn't do. And the judge even tells everybody this. So, are there any other witnesses other than Stubbs and maybe Rocha? You're going to learn who Rocha is. He was an undercover informant for the government, not the feds. And this is what's interesting here. One of the ways that the feds can have plausible deniability working with witnesses is put them through somebody else in that task force. That happens to be Rocha, who was a member of the Mexican Mafia, M.A., and I believe is in witness protection right now. He was through a task force for the local sheriff's department. Not the FBI, not the ATF, not the DEA. But that's how they're able to move around where they say, oh, well, you know, they came out of the county. They were part. Yeah, come on. But he goes on to say, and this is from Bronwyn. He is the prosecutor. Are there any other witnesses other than Stubbs and maybe Rocha? Yanni comes back and says, I need one mother chapter individual. And he don't know who's going to go on there. The court or the judge goes on to say, what would the offer of proof be? What do you need from that person? And now remember the email we just went over where he says that there was a meeting, a vote to take him Roger and the cop, the ATF, John, off the witness list. Said it was a vote. It would be to prove that Dave never discussed the witnesses or anything of that nature contrary to his testimony. The court, with the mother chapter, It goes on to say with Yanni, with the mother chapter, and also that the testimony of both Dave and Mr. C, uh, uh, John, is inaccurate. John, who was present during David's conversations with. So they're going to put a member of the mother chapter on to dispute what he said in that email. 
See how everything builds up. In another video, we're going to cover his uh, interactions with Cervantes, who was a cop after them, after he left. We got his testimony. Very interesting stuff here. Let's move on. Who is Rocha? Well, Rocha was a government informant for La M.A., the Mexican Mafia. And what happened was, this guy is named Art, who's given the testimony right now. There was a meeting that this guy Rocha wanted with the president of the Mongols. And what was that meeting about? Well, it was about working together, extorting, and all that type of stuff. Businesses. Which, by the way, the guy giving this testimony, it was his business that was paying out. And it was also him that set up the meeting with Dave and Rocha. Yes, it was. It was him. But little Dave, according to the transcript, said he didn't know him. So what would they have on little Dave so far that we're learning? But let's go keep that in your mind. Why he wouldn't go on to the stand. Why he didn't want John on that stand. Ralph Rocha requested um, what they call a sit-down with the national president of the Mongols. I'm going to go Q&A, that way you know what it is. Q, and what if anything occurred after Mr. Rocha made that request of you? A, was a meeting. Then they say, where was it? He goes, at a restaurant. Which one? Denny's. Question, that was on Slosslin. He didn't know exactly the street. The court, the judge comes in, was the president of the Mongols, David Santillian, or Little Dave. The witness asked again, Art, what was the question? And then the court comes back and says, was the president of the Mongols that Ralph Rocha had to sit down with was that little Dave, but it's his real name. And the witness says yes! Yes! Counterdicted him, not knowing Rocha. So, here's a question again. If little Dave said he didn't know Ralph Rocha, under oath, he'd be lying. The court steps in. Well, another way of saying that is, does David know Ralph Rocha? The witness. Yes, he knows him. They caught him in a lie. The court goes, or the judge, because they had a sit-down, right? The witness, yes, sir. 
Yanni goes on to say, let me ask you, when you were asked by Ralph to have a sit-down, well, strike that, you made, uh, you were made aware that Perico wanted to sit down with Dave, correct? He said correct, that's, you know, Rocha. And that was by, you were made aware of that, by Perica, yes. What, if anything, did you do after you became aware that Perico wanted to sit down with Dave. He reached out to him, he said. And he goes on to say, you spoke with Dave about the sit-down. He says, yes. Did David indicate to you that he knew who Perico was? Answer, he knew who he was. Did he tell you he did? Yes. Now. Now. We're going to move down just a little bit more. Where I'm trying to find that there's so many pages in this. So many pages. Have you ever seen him at the house lounge? He goes on to say, I don't remember. According to this, Mongols, one of the subjects of the discussion at the sit-down between Perico and David Centillion was David helping the Mexican Mafia with extortions, was it not? Then there was an objection. Then the court goes, well, just wait a minute. Help the Mexican Mafia with extortion. Were you present at this sit-down listening to both Rocha and Centillion? Could you hear what they were talking about? The witness says yes. The judge asks him again, okay, I want you to tell me in your own words what you hear. The witness says, little Dave was in compliance. In compliance. What was Ralph Rocha asking him? The witness to play ball. That's what he was asking him. Now, we're going to keep on going down, because there's a lot of, again, information on here. And I am going to be uploading this, because there's a lot of stuff in here that it would take a freaking month to describe all the stuff that's coming out in this trial. Now, you know who's... John is because he came in as the handler for Rocha during your trial. See, what happened was, Art was arrested for murder and kidnapping. He got off on the murder charge. The kidnapping, he had to do his time. He's off of parole, all that kind of stuff. But from what I gathered is Rocha testified against him. I'm going to let you speculate. Is he a rat, an informant? Who's that? The court. David Stantillion. He didn't respond. Any information or contact that you know of with, and I'll risk, uh, and they put it in, uh, probably ask it a different way. John, an officer with Montebella named Cervantes, anybody in the F- ATF that you know about, and if so, then I'll ask you, you know, what that is. 
And he said, I'd like to state for the record that I never testified in the courtroom. All right, the court says, and here you are. And he goes, I am. All I can say is that Rocha, which was a federal confidential informant, was dealing with John Sison, and here we are with an issue of David dealing with him. Ouch. Ouch. Let's keep on going. A lot of stuff here. A lot of information again. But it does end up where he does say that he was paying little Dave out in his money and it would go to Rocha too. See how interesting this is? You ask yourself, well, he just didn't want to testify in the stand. Okay, he didn't want to because that would open him up. But what about John? They knew about this meeting. They had a debriefing, I believe, with the FBI or ATF of this guy once he turned evidence against Laeme. And here you got a deal being cut by little Dave because he was paid with this extortion scheme that the Mongols didn't know about. Hey, I get it. You know, you're going to do your hustle, but damn. At least kick back to the damn club, man. You're using them as your backup. And that makes you think, wow, man. You know who got El Capone? It wasn't the damn feds. It was the IRS. You got to say to yourself, you know, this guy got all kinds of Mercedes, all kinds of this and that. It's like, damn, how'd you get all that stuff? And don't tell me a bail bondsman company. It seems like you were involved in this and you had a good reason not to go on the stand because the government would have got this kind of stuff because they knew about it. They had this over your head. It was over your head. Is that why you didn't want John testifying? Even though you knew that he was imperative to the case. He was imperative to win. But you went on and ran about the First Amendment issue. They're not going to take our patch. Well, that's not the thing. That's one aspect. But you're in a RICO case here. With big ass fines. You should have been doing everything you could. To win that case. But you handcuffed your attorney. And we're starting to see why. The club said no. He didn't discuss it with us. There was no vote. To take these people off. We got to see what Stubbs or Bogtai has to say. About all this. He's taking the stand on the 25th. And as soon as the transcripts come out. I'll go over them. See all the questions going back and forth and back and forth now? 
this is what's happening right now on that motion to vacate that ruling. Very, very serious stuff. So, we're going to have more videos coming out this on this. We're going to go over other stuff like Cervantes. Who little Dave was sitting down with having a beer. He was out of the club. The other guy was retired. But why the hell would you want to have a beer with a guy who wanted to bust your ass all those years? Just saying. Anyway, we're going to go over to the second segment right now with China Dow. We got some good stuff coming up. Going to be a beautiful thing. We'll be right back after this music break. I want you to reach deep into your hearts and your pocketbooks and take his hand. Some of you are in a state of rebellion right now. You're saying, I don't
Hi, this is China Dow from Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Join me every Monday at 9:30 a.m. Central Standard Time for a new episode of Chatting with China Dow. So, how do you like the Rockin' with Hollywood and Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem show? Unbelievable! I love you people. I hear them a lot. They're as talented as anybody and any players anywhere. You're listening to WMMR TV Rock On. Rock on, baby. Don't forget uh, on Sundays after my live show at uh, the live sto- show. Blah, 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 blah. What? Live show starts at 8 o'clock uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. After that, I'll be over in Discord. It is fall programming time. It seems like everything went quick this summer, don't you think? Yeah, but it's not the fall yet. Bullshit. It's only like a couple weeks away. It's not fall. And then we got uh, winter going on. It's not fall. <laughs> it's still summer. You you keep on telling yourself that. I'm gonna. See, she hates winter. Yeah. I love it. No. It is the best time of the year. Uh, actually, fall is. That's when you get the campfires going. Fall's good. I'll take fall over any season. But then winter... No. Oh, you gotta love it. That's when I dress in four parkas. Well, I was telling you yesterday, because you saying it was freaking cold. Yeah, I was cold yesterday. I was like, you know what? It could be 200 fucking degrees out. <laughs> Everybody freaking dying of heat. And you'll be sitting there in a sweater saying it's too fucking cold. Yeah, probably. Yep. Am yep. I right or wrong? You're right. I would. I would. I would totally be out there wearing a hoodie. <laughs> look how sexy you looking today. You got that freaking country girl look going on. No, I just didn't do my hair. Yeah, but you looking country and shit. Okay. Look at that. You got a Remington freaking add-on uh, camouflage. Yeah. What are you doing? Going out to, you know, screw a bear or something? No. Get my nails done. Uh, you know what? I look at you and I, you know what? I always say... That you have an infatuation with horse dick. I'm thinking it's bear dick. I really am. You know, every time... It, it's funny. Every time we see a horse, you point to the dick. No, that's you. No, no. No, that's you. you just sitting there thinking, oh, man, I wonder what it would be like for him to come on my face, wouldn't you? What is wrong with you? That's what you would say. You got issues, dude. You got issues. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. I'm just bringing up a point. A dumb point. Because you know what? How the hell What? do you keep yourself busy for two fucking hours? I haven't for like quite a while now. That's Thanks fine. Mo- but when you do, how the hell do you do it? What are you thinking about? I'm not thinking. I'm watching YouTube. Are you fucking serious? I have a playlist. <laughs> so you're... Playing with yourself to music? Yeah. The well, fuck is wrong with you? Why? What the hell do you get off on with a video playlist off of fucking YouTube? Well, I'm not really watching the videos. I'm just listening. So you're listening? Yeah. But you're claiming you're not thinking about nothing. I'm thinking about what they're singing about. Oh. And you're playing with yourself? Yeah. Oh my god, that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. You're a fucking freak. I always knew this, but I didn't know how much of a fucking freak you were. 
Rude. You get off on music? Yeah, songs. I don't think anybody else in this world gets off by music. Well, then y'all got issues. <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted. You mean to tell me growing up in, like, in your high school days, you did not have sex song playlists? No! <laughs> or a cassette? It was me played? sticking it in and going. Really? You don't even, like, get it in I the couldn't mood. even get past the first freaking minute of the song. Rude. But I just don't understand how you get off to a song. I, I don't get it. I'm a special kind of special. You're a special <laughs> kind of stupid. No, I'm not. I'm just special. Unbelievable. What's in the news today, man? What do you got for news? For news? I can't believe this. You know what? I, I, I can't do it. I can't believe it. Why can't you do it? <laughs> Do you got do you got issues? I I just can't understand you. I really can't after 28 fucking years. I still can't. I can't. What is there to understand? I never heard of that before. What? Jacking off to a fucking video. <laughs> what is wrong with that? What's there's in the good, news? There's good music. What what's the news today? What's the news? What? Enough about you playing with yourself. Well, you started it, not me. What do we got? I had an article up, but I, I don't really want to read that one. What is it? It's disgusting. This man in Connecticut was arrested. He had a warrant. He was arrested for abusing his children. Oh, go fucking figure. Yeah. Dad forced to force kids Come on. to eat their own feces and beat each other with a spiked bat. They need to kill this motherfucker. A father has been arrested over a string of horrific alleged abuses that t that included locking one kid in a closet as punishment and then forcing him to eat his own feces in front of their siblings. An arrest warrant w for, was issued for Kevin Grant of Connecticut after authorities learned of new allegations related to child abuse case in that they investigated in t October of 2020. How could the hell can you do this to your own kids? Or any fucking kids for this matter? How do you do it? I don't know. This guy's disgusting. His He's 33. He repeatedly subjected his children to abuse or made them witness their siblings' abuse. They're aged between 5 and 11. Sometimes had extreme violence inflicted on them, and in one case, Grant attacked one of the children with a belt in such an extent that the child was left unable to walk. One child, which I already said, was locked in the closet. On a separate occasion, the document claims that the kids were given a bat with thumbtacks on it, and the children were forced to beat each other with it. Another occasion... Grant, the father, lit firecrackers and put them down one of his kids' pants to watch the explosives go off. He was arrested August 10th and now faces charges that include risk to injury of a child, reckless endangerment, intentional cruelty to persons. He was released on a $50,000 court bond and appeared in court late, a day later. Investigators say Grant 
is also awaiting a separate trial on similar allegations related to the original 2020 investigation. Oh my goodness gracious. So, you know what? Is this, this Connecticut? Yeah, this fucktard is out on bail right now. How the fuck did they put this guy on bail? And for such a 50000 That's all he got was a $50,000 bond. Yeah. And at 10%, that's five grand he walked on. Yeah. For all this abuse to his own children. Hey, if you're in Connecticut. And the sad part. In the joint. Torture this motherfucker when he comes. Go ahead. And the sad part mentions absolutely nothing. And I looked in four different articles while you were doing your, your morning show. Four different articles, all stating the exact same scenarios, never mentioned anything about the mother. This is what you fucking people get when you elect these freaking leftist DA prick motherfuckers. This is what you get. You tree-hugging pricks. You get people like this that walks on a $5,000 bond. He deserves no mercy. No. And obviously, whatever the situation was, there obviously wasn't a trial of any kind for the allegations in October of 2020 because now they're reopening that situation. They're going to roll it in. To roll it in with the current situation. But I can't believe $5,000 bond. He yeah. was torturing them fucking kids. And forcing them to torture each other. And... How can you beat your child so bad with a belt? I mean, I get it. A lot of kids growing up in our era mm. got whooped their asses whooped with belts. Not but, tortured but not with them. not to the point where you can't literally physically walk. The child has not walked since that beating. They need to stick an M80 up his ass. And who, that's just, who sticks firecrackers in their kids' pants? That's what I say. Put an M80 up his ass. Put a stick of dynamite up that motherfucker. But th this is this is what people are doing. This I mean, th this is sick. There. I cannot believe that can, you would do that to a kid. How can anybody do this to a child or a few children, let alone their own, their own child and children? Well, you know what? I might have an answer for that. You might. I might. It's because the fucking pricks are raised in these school systems that teach no morality whatsoever. None. None. Or their parents were a bunch of fucking morons and didn't raise the kid right. It starts at home. And why we're having this kind of shit is because these leftist pricks want to break up the family unit. That's what they're doing. You break up the family unit, you're getting all kinds of fucking problems. You get people doing this kind of shit, you get kids killing each other on the fucking street. They're animals. And they should be treated as animals. That's a... You know what? If that was Mississippi, Tennessee... 
That shit wouldn't be happening right now. His ass wouldn't be returning the court. They threw a rope over a fucking tree with this bastard and cut him open. I think his bond would have been a hell of a lot higher in other states than in Connecticut. How can the judge even look at himself in the mirror? How? And I'm sure they've got plenty of evidence, let alone proof, just by visibly seeing the children. Sick. How he tortured his own kids. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. You know what? Let's talk about this classroom bullshit. Utah teacher... And this motherfucker looks like a Tinkerbell like a motherfucker. Questions whether posh white parents will oppose her classroom built for non-white students. What is it with all these freaking leftist fucking Tinkerbell liberals who are fucking white Preaching against white people. They're fucking white. And they have to say, it's not for white kids. This is what teachers are now? There, the teacher said there were no white kids representative in many aspects of her classroom. And this is a fourth grade teacher in Utah she or he, whoever the fuck it is, took the social media earlier this month questioning the parents and students in a majority white school would react to her classroom, which she said was built for non-white students. Quote, for the first time in my life, I'm going to be teaching at a majority white school. I'm kind of interested to see how students and parents react to my classroom. Or if they even notice anything about it because it's built for non-white students. And this is at the William Penn Elementary School. The teacher explained that this was her first year teaching in a non-white deal. And there's no white kids that are represented. None. The teacher went on to say that while some of her classroom library includes straight white man stuff, who she says dominate literature, but is overpowered by books depicting diverse peoples, including characters of color and different gender identities. <coughs> You're fucking crazy. And this is who you allow to teach our kids? And I'm going to send this over to your messenger so you'd post it in Facebook. In Facebook. Or uh, on Discord so people can see the shit of who is teaching our kids. It's no wonder we don't know how to do fucking math in our fucking uh, schools or science. Hell. How are you going to go in the science? You can't even uh, identify what a fucking woman is. So put that in Discord. They'll see what I'm talking about here. 
she then went on to say that while some of her classroom library, okay, we covered that, I feel like some parents might have something to say about that if my experience with posh white parents holds true for this year. That's who she is. That's the teacher in this article in... That school teaching. She's in there. The principal, William Penn, issued a statement late Sunday saying it was her personal commitment to ensure every student feels safe and welcome and that it is inappropriate for any employee to make students feel uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form. She already came out and said what she said. Get rid of this freaking Tinkerbell. Get her out of there. More parents need to be running for the school board positions now. You want to stop this, people? Then run for the uh, school board. Get these pricks out of there. The principal also noted the teacher had deleted the social media post, apologized for her comments. No, she's not sorry. She's sorry she's a stupid fucking got caught. That's what I was just going to say. She's sorry she got caught. (laughs) The district said it was investigating the situation. It's unreal. Unreal. And this isn't fucking Utah. I'm surprised them Mormons are letting this shit happen. But that's your news for this morning. Some terrible news. Especially that first one. They need to stick an M80 up his ass. Something. Fucking disembowel that prick. I just can't believe the bond was so low. $5,000. They're fucking stupid. Anyway, we got interesting stuff coming up here. We're going to talk about... True crimes. On on Tuesdays, we got Serial Killer Mondays, and on Tuesdays, we're going to be talking about unsolved murders. True Crime Tuesdays. True Crime Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are loving your stuff about serial killers. I'm a little weird. You are. It's fine. But see, I wanted to do something to help people, so maybe we can get some word out there about some of these unsolved cases. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to be discussing today? The disappearance of Sherry Marler. The disappearance of Sherry Marler. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, who is she? What's up with this? Well, on the morning of June 6th, 1984. Man, how many years ago was that? In Greenville, Alabama. Greenville, Alabama. Mm Mm-hmm. Sherry, who back then was 12 years old. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. You know what? With the missing kids. Shortly after 9 a.m. on June 6, Sherry noticed her stepdad, Raymond, was backing his pickup truck down the driveway and raced out of the house, shoes in her hand, asking to go with him into town. Around 9.30, they stopped at the First National Bank so the stepdad can sign some papers. Right. 
Sherry said she was thirsty, so he gave the stepdaughter a dollar bill and told her to go buy herself a beverage at the Chevron gas station. Now, you guys got to remember, you guys got to remember, in the mid 80s, it was nothing to go have a kid go out to the gas station, buy something, or go out on your own as kids because you didn't have to worry about these sick fucks like we talked about in the beginning. Mm hmm. It wasn't like that back then because people are going to say, well, why are you letting a 12-year-old go off on her own? Well, we won't do that shit today. But back then it was normal. Yeah, back then it was like no big deal. I mean, we used to ride our bikes two, three towns over growing up. And never had to worry about it. Never. Never. Witnesses saw Sherry walking across the parking lot by the General Telephone building. And the furniture store on her way to the gas station. Fifteen minutes later, Raymond was done in the bank and went out to his truck, surprised to see Sherry was not there waiting for him. Now, this is only a 15-minute difference. Yeah. Okay. When 25 more minutes passed and still no sign of Sherry, panic set in. See, right there, I would have to stop you. Okay, he came out to the car, it was 15 minutes, he knew where she was supposed to go. Which was right across the street. Right across the street. So why did he wait another 25 minutes to go over there? That's a question that I have. Well, a lot of people question because of the fact that it was stepdad. Well, yeah, you know what? I get it when there's something like that that happens. The first thing the cops do, they go directly to the family. The family. Yep. I get that. Stepdad, uh, real dad, real ma, brother, sister, blah, blah, blah. But I do not understand the 25-minute difference. Because if he was in, and this is just getting, you know, an asshole way of thinking... If he was in that bank for 15 minutes, mm -hmm. that was an alibi. Somebody's seen him at the bank. Nefarious stuff there, but let's continue. So, Raymond checked the obvious places for his stepdaughter, like, of course, the Chevron station across the street and had no luck. But he, did he ask anybody in the Chevron station? He asked around... At the tractor shop, because that's a place that Sherry liked to hang out, mm -hmm. and the feed store, Sherry's nickname was Little Farmer, because... So they knew her at this farm store. Yeah, they did. And still, with no luck, mind you, he was at the bank at 9.30 a.m., mm. 11.46 a.m., Sherry was finally reported missing. There was no phone calls to the cops or nothing? The only person that he contacted was he called the mom who worked at the Waffle House in town mm -hmm. to see whether or not Sherry walked over there for a visit, and she said no. Panic after that long? That's what? It was 9.30 that he got in the bank? So it's two hours and 15 well, minutes. Well, no, you take off the 15 minutes he was in there, so it was two hours? Yeah, two hours went by before he reported her missing. And only checked 
three stores and contacted the mom. And I, I, I'd be amazed. Did they see her in Chevron? According to them, no. So between the bank and Chevron, she went missing? Basically. She was witnessed. There were witnesses that seen her crossing the street. And then she, after she crossed the street, she just disappeared. Let me guess. A fucking van with no windows. Continue. Okay. Long Before long, a massive search effort was underway. Volunteers combed the city and surrounding areas. An aerial search was even conducted by the Crenshaw uh, Flying Service. Family, friends, volunteers printed off countless missing persons postered and plastered them across the city and neighboring towns. Greenville ain't that big of a fucking town either. No. And back in the mid-80s, it was really tight-knit. Mm-hmm. And that two hours, you think about <laughs> it. If you're doing 50 miles in an hour, whoever got her was already 100 miles away from the initial pickup, if that's what happened. Because nobody called the fucking cops. Yeah. And in Greenville, little town and stuff, why not pick up the phone and call the sheriff? Say, hey, the sheriff probably even knew who she was. You don't wait that fucking long. Well, they have a few scenarios. All right, what's on what scenarios? Happened? Scenario number one, ran away. Did she run away from home? Sherry's family thinks it's un- highly unlikely. Well, that, that's because you have to ask yourself, what was the family like? What was the home life like? You know what I mean? E- even if it was a bad home life, like the prick we heard in the beginning, yeah, kids would want to run away. Well, they said that there was no way that she would have had, that she would have ran away. Because she the the day before she went missing, she was excited about the plans that she made that was supposed to happen later on that day. Right. Like she was going to go visit her grandma, watch her favorite TV show. So they said there was absolutely no way. But was there anybody to confirm that story is the thing besides the mother and the father? That's the question. So far, no. Then the second scenario was stranger abduction. They claim maybe a possibility. Well, it might be because if the witnesses saw her cross the street but didn't see her after that, it could have been one of them deals where a band pulled up and grabbed her. Well, here's, here's, how, they, here's how they explain this one. Stranger abductions are rare in that area. But Sherry could have been kidnapped by someone as she was walking across the parking lot to go buy that drink. Or by somebody she knew. It does not take long to grab a person and pull them in your vehicle. Especially a 12-year-old kid. Sherry also could have been snatched from the Chevron station. Sherry's mom has pointed out that 1984 vending machines did not give change. Maybe Sherry approached a stranger at the gas station to ask for change, 
and the person took advantage of the opportunity and kidnapped her. Why would the mother get into all these conspiracy things? Oh, but it gets Do you better. remember in 84 if they did that? Did they give change? I don't remember. No, because there was no dollars. It was coins. It was only coins back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would just throw in like your you know, 50, 60 cents or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it had to be exact change at that time. Yeah, because okay, so it's plausible. It's plausible. There were three unconfirmed sightings of Sherry by three different people. Also support the strange. They they also support this stranger abduction theory. Mm -hmm. All of the alleged sightings placed Sherry with a man who looked to be around fifty. Oh, Jesus Christ. One of the witnesses reported they heard a young, the young girl call the man BJ. So she knew him. In this case, in this scenario, she knew him. Well, they also claim that the three witnesses told the authorities that the person they believe share that they believe Sherry appeared to be very upset, disheveled, and dazed. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. The other scenario is killed by someone she knew. Well, that's what I... You know, it it kind of seems weird because she was calling him BJ. Well, there's no surprise that Raymond, who is the stepdad, was the first person that was questioned by the police. Well, yeah, we're going to understand that. That's well, he was the gonna... last person that saw her. Right. You know, because he was with her at the bank. But when asked to take a polygraph test, he flat out refused. Really? Yes. So it have, he could have been working in conjunction with somebody. Regardless, the police have said that he was never a suspect. That's bullshit. He should have been. You refuse a polygraph test where you can clear your fucking name up. Mm -hmm. And it's not only the cops he has to clear it with, it's the townspeople. Because mm -hmm. somebody says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say, dude, you a motherfucking suspect, Jack. Mm-hmm. His wife, Betty, was positive that Raymond did not harm his stepdaughter. She said he never got over the fact that Sherry was with him when she vanished. See, the pro here's the problem with that. Here's the problem. Women, okay? Women. They have this special kind of stupid in them. When, and that's an interesting thing from the uh, start of this segment. With the guy out of Connecticut, why didn't the fucking mother step in? Like why I, didn't the mother get rid of the cocksucker? Well, like I said, the there there was absolutely no nothing mentioned about the mother of those kids in that Connecticut story. So with this one, it seems like she's defending them already. But why wouldn't she say, "Hey, go take the fucking polygraph test"? Yeah. We'll be right back uh, after this. We're going to continue on this conversation. Everything. 
have bipolar or a mental condition? Well, you're in luck! Join a fellow bipolar, my co-host, China Now! Every Monday, 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time for Chatting with China Now! Available on all major podcast platforms, rock on! Get your most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock on. Oh yeah, you don't want to miss her uh, new podcast on all the podcast platforms. She has five episodes up already, and she is kicking ass. Very proud of China Dow doing that awesome radio work there, man. Thanks. You did uh, really awesome, and we'll come back and talk about that in a minute. Let's continue our case here. Again, we're doing True Crime uh, Tuesdays, trying to help out some unsolved stuff. If any of this stuff, uh, if you're alive back then... Makes sense to you. Uh, you know something? Give it a call. Let's help. Go ahead. Just before Raymond died in April of 2003, he told his wife from his hospital bed, Betty, I wish I could get Sherry and bring her home to you, but I can't because I don't know where she is. Deathbed confession that he has no clue where she's at. Wait a second there, but you can take it a different way. You uh, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Read that one again, that deathbed confession. I wish I could get Sherry and bring her home to you, but I can't because I don't know where she is. Doesn't that sound like a little fishy there? No. Like if he was involved with somebody else, they had a plan... But at that point, he was double-crossed, and now she he don't know where she's at, because they took off with her. Just saying, devil's advocate, that's what it sounded like to me. So this was a deathbed confession. Basically. That so, he had no clue where she was. No clue. No clue. Is the mother still alive? Yes. Because it goes to in 2019. Ooh, 2019. And this was in 1984. There was a very startling post on the Sherry Lynn Marler Still Missing Facebook page. Oh, see, that's where social media is actually helpful. A woman named Ryan Walsh Anderson said that her and her group of volunteers had been searching tirelessly for years to find out what happened to Sherry. They found evidence they refused to keep to themselves any longer. And so they found evidence. And here is what was part of what was posted on Facebook. Sherry Marler was murdered and dismembered by someone she knew very well, not her stepfather. Okay. And thrown into a hog pen in Butler County, which is where Greenville's at. We believe the person... Wait a second. No, 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 no. Wait a second. Your fucking sister owns pigs. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be going there one day. Anyways. Now I'm scared. Allegedly. Uh, we believe the person who murdered her is now deceased. We strongly suspect there were one or two people there at the time of her death. 
and they are also deceased. We strongly suspect she was pregnant at the time. What? We believe she was a victim of multiple family-based incest pedophilia ring that involved people from both Butler and Crenshaw counties. The family? Why didn't they release the fucking names? So basically, they fed her to pigs? You want to hear the rest of the evidence that she found? You know, shocker, I wouldn't be going around saying I'll feed you my pigs. <laughs> <laughs> then Ryan says they unearthed a pig farm that was functional in 1984, but had since been abandoned and reclaimed by nature. The group says that they video footage of two separate cadaver teams confirming hits on human remains in the area. During their excavation, the group discovered clothing that was sent for DNA testing. Mm -hmm. The Greenville Police Department said no DNA, DNA evidence was found on the material. And to me, the fabric looked more like a burlap sack than jeans or a red flannel shirt that Sherry was said to be wearing when she went missing. But she was pregnant, they think? Yeah. Well, where, where did they even gather that information from? They've just been searching. This is Do they know who this BJ was? That And the BJ person was not, has not, not been brought up again. Maybe he was a family member? There's a high possibility. Ryan states, this lady, states that she that a surviving family member of the person she thinks murdered Sherry allowed her to look through a box of old photos. Some of the photos showed the pig farm up and running. And in one photo particularly was a photo of a pig standing by what she says is several or is a severed human head that had not yet decomposed. Ryan says she took the took a picture of the photo with her phone. Mhm. Mm the original photo was reportedly seized from the family member by law enforcement and turned over to the FBI. Mm -hmm. However, when nothing happened with the case, Ryan called the FBI and says she was told they had never received such a photo. Really? I think it's hard to tell exactly what is in the photo. It may be one of those situations where something takes the shape of something you didn't expect to see. Mm -hmm. Whether or not Ryan and this group of searchers has found evidence of Sherry's remains to be seen. But the dedication that they have in the case and finding answers for Sherry's loved ones, still, it cannot be questioned. Well, was the mother even like, what the fuck, go to the family members? None of them were ever suspects? No. Mm -mm. That sounds like some backwoods fucking hardcore fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre shit right there. Yeah. Why wasn't the FBI out there with bulldozers? They do it to try to find Jimmy Hoffa. 
<laughs> Bigger case. They should be out there looking for this little girl. There's some kind of freaking uh, trail that leads to there. Yeah. Unfucking real. And Betty, the mom, it says that she fought hard to keep the memory of her daughter alive. She opened Enterprise Restaurant on June 6, 2010, the 26th anniversary of Sher Sherry's disappearance. The sign on the street said the restaurant was open in honor and memory of Sherry Lynn Marler. So she's already came to the conclusion that she's dead. Yeah. We want to honor her memory, but we want also to heighten people's awareness of the reality of children missing every day in this country. That's what the mom My said. My goodness. By the way, coming up, uh, get your porn on. You guys got to start picking a number between one and let's say 300 this time, making it easier for China Dow. And we'll see what you guys get on that one. Because I always pick the stupid fucking shit, so I'm letting you guys do it. So pick a number. But I do want to discuss, again, this was a very interesting case. Some of your podcasts from Monday. Yeah. I want to talk about that for a minute because that really affected you. And I don't even know why. Because you usually don't give a shit what other people think. Well, you do, but... <laughs> I do. In an incident like this, you don't. I do, but to a different degree. So let's talk about it. What are we talking about here? My podcast? Yes. My podcast had to do with how people like to judge other people. And why did you come up with it? Because that wasn't your original No, it podcast. wasn't. It wasn't. Well, I came up with it because Sunday while I was at work, uh, this older man in his, I'd say late 70s early 80s was extremely freaking rude towards me an old fucker yeah basically telling me i mean if you haven't heard it i guess i'll just blurt it now basically saying i should be ashamed of myself for what i've done to my skin because i'm sleeved with tattoos and what would my mother think see at that point because he, he, we were in there, but we left. It was literally like within a minute and a half, two you minutes. You should have knocked on the fucking window left. and got me back. <laughs> it was like two minutes after you left. Because I would have said to the old guy, why don't you just die already? He, he literally was just approaching the counter to pay as you walked out of the bathroom. <laughs> and left. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, you missed it by two minutes. <laughs> you should have just knocked on the window and say, hey, come back in here. Well, I mean, there were five other customers in the store at the time. And what was funny is none of them said a fucking word. No, no. Them coward people. Mm -mm. So you went on this deal about judging other people. Yeah, and the fact that everybody does it, and even if you don't realize it, you do it. Yeah, because you went over a lot of great examples. Mm-hmm. Well, like the scenario, I gave a scenario about a mother and a, a, a single mother and a child in an airport and mm -hmm. how the child was acting out, you know, acting out and being a little, you know, little toddler jerk. <laughs> a little asshole. <laughs> a little asshole. And, you know, what would you think 
was going on in that. You know, people are going to sit there and stare and be like, oh, she can't control her own kids. Come mm. on. How many times have we not said that as adults when you're even in the freaking Walmart and you see kids acting like assholes and crying because they can't get a fucking toy. Well, in the good old days, you, you slap the shit you out of them right the there in that fucking Walmart or Kmart. But you can't do that shit no more. You can't. Too many people with cameras on their phones and you smack the shit out of your kid in the middle of a fucking Walmart, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd look at the kids and be like, just wait till we get home. <laughs> I'm dragging you in the bathroom, whooping your ass. Something. You know, but it's like, you, how many times you see kids screaming? I mean, Corey and I were at the store freaking yesterday, and there was a kid screaming in Walmart. Mm. And he goes, I just want to throw that kid in the garbage right now. <laughs> yeah, that's our son. Let's just throw him out. Put him in the garbage. Put him in the garbage. Get a new He's one. He's done that to my granddaughter. He actually put her in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's Because like, she was being a little dick. Well, she's five. She's an ass. Right. She acts like such a little shit. So he picked her up and put her in the garbage. I thought it was hilarious. But, I mean, how many times you see this going on in a store or mm. anywhere in public, in a parking lot, at a fast food place, at a restaurant, you see kids acting up and the parents... Like, Don't do a damn thing. Or they're just like, shh, quiet. Quiet, honey. Stop it, Billy. You know, or whatever. <laughs> They, they don't do shit. And you're like, God, tell your don't, kid to shut the fuck up. Don't a name like Billy remind you of a freckle-faced redhead? Yeah, it actually does. Don't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. But, I mean, for real, we all, make, in our heads or even verbally, because my our son, oh, my God, he'll be just like, oh, my God, shut the fucking kid up. <laughs> That's what he does. <laughs> he don't care. But it's like everybody does it, and you, it's just you do it. It, there's no way of stopping it. You're just going to do it. You're going to judge. Well, that parent, they suck. I'm better than that. My kids didn't act like that in public. I mean, you're that's what that's you're going to do. That's how you're going to judge them. You're yeah. going to do it. No matter what. I don't care. You could sit there and tell your... like second nature with humans. It's like you can sit here and tell your blue in the face saying, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you fucking Everybody do. Everybody fucking does it. I'm Who guilty. You I ain't going to lie. I'm guilty. My son's saying, throw that kid in the garbage. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loud ass shit. I mean, you're going to judge. You're, you're going to see, okay, you, uh, here's here's a nice scenario. You see an old, older couple in their 80s and they're holding hands and walking. Not fucking with you because of tattoos. Right. But you see an older couple and they're walking, holding hands. You're going to be like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but it's like, oh, how could you be together that long? I mean, you're going to think of some stupid stuff, but it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, normally shit like that, you know, and I gave the example of our daughter in a restaurant, Mm. you know, going up to some older women, Bible thumpers, judging me about my tattoos. And she slammed her hand down on the table and asked them whether or not they were God. And they're like, no. And she's like, well, then stop judging my mom. Mm. Walks over, I high fived her ass. I mean, I, it's like, see, you're you're not used to this kind of shit. I mean, me, I, they look at me all the time when I'm walking around. Most of the time, the shit doesn't bother me, but when you know you're trying to do a job and in, in customer service, yeah, I get the assholes all the time at work. But I mean, this one to me just took the piece. You know, yeah, yeah, he was a piece Fucking of work. Dickhead. It's time to cruise with your sex drive. 
grab onto your clutch, put your mind in the air for masturbation and sexual stimulation. Dare you to tell the truth and get your ass out of neutral. It's time to get your porn. Oh yeah, time to get that porn on, baby. We're going into Discord right now. Hey, Invader Shaggy's in. Mike's in there. Everybody's in there. Donna, Dark Soul Morbic, Dirty Knobs. We're at 267. What do we got for 267 for get your porn on? One position you would do Every time you had sex. Well, you know, I'd lay her down because she's like a tree trunk. And we'd pop the vagina. You know, I'd get out of there within a couple minutes because my goal has to be a blow and go. I'm the chairman of that uh, movement. So you lay her on her back. You put it in. You get the fuck out of there. And then you go back to work because... You know, I want to cuddle. Let me get the fuck out of here, cuddle, when I'm dying here. I just did cardio. <laughs> After two minutes and After you're two dying. minutes, I have cardio here. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> Freaking everybody's putting doggy style. <laughs> doggy style I don't like. You know why? Because when you get doggy styled, you always raise your ass. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to raise your ass? No, you know, you get that fucking pecker in there. And next thing you know, okay, we got this going, we got this going, and you raise your ass and make it fall out. <laughs> but I gotta try again. It's like hitting a fucking bullseye on a dartboard. It is. You raise that ass. It's like, dude, you stupid fuck. <laughs> It took me 10 minutes to get this shit in the hole, and now you're pulling it out. <laughs> it could be worse. I could just collapse down to my stomach. No, that's actually better, because at least then I can keep it in. Yeah, you sure? That's why when you're standing or some shit like that on the wall, I don't know how the fuck you guys get your dick in the bitch when she's on the wall. How the fuck does that even happen? They lift them up, stupid. Why the hell would I want to fucking exert myself lifting a broad up? <laughs> Is that too much work? That's too much fucking work for me. You gotta lift her up and hold her up against the wall and you come in from... Yeah. Hello? What's wrong? Or unless it's you, then you pull it out as soon as you lift your ass. <laughs> I can't lift my ass if I'm pinned against a wall. <laughs> no, but you've seen it in the movies. Where the bitch is against the wall, not getting picked up. It's like, dude, how do you get your schlong in there? You motherfuckers might have a bent dick or something. I don't know how they do it. All I know, it's easier to throw them on their back, tell them, lay there like a fucking log, shut the fuck up, let me do my business and get the fuck out. <laughs> That's what I like doing. Either that, get on your knees, bob on the knob. Anything that don't make me physically exert myself, I believe in that. Morbic going two ninety nine. Well, this one's awkward. <laughs> well, it's a Morbic, so it fucking fits. <laughs> Have you ever tried to seduce a guy by bending over in front of him? <laughs> Ouch. You know what's worse, though? I think some of the people in Discord might actually do that. I wouldn't even do that as a joke, not me. <laughs> Fuck that. Yesterday you were on me because we were in Michael's. 
<laughs> and fucking, I asked fucking a guy, hey, where the fuck is this diet? Well, honey, it's like, dude's gay. And then you go, well, you were talking to a gay guy. Well, I was just asking for where, where shit was, man. It's not like I wanted to take a shower with the motherfucker. <laughs> he, ch- he looked you up and down. <laughs> you ain't getting none of this, man. Not going to happen. <laughs> we're not taking showers. Why not? But I can see some of these fucking freaks bending over trying to get a guy hard. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> It happens. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Number nine. No. Yeah, number nine's Dark Soul. What do we got for Dark Soul? Have you ever tried to talk dirty, but your partner started laughing? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it's the other way around. You try to talk dirty to me, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I didn't want to talk about dirt, man. I like mud. I like, you know, hardcore shit. Hardcore shit. 157. What do we got? 157. She over here playing with her mouse, man. It reminds me of her playing with her clit. It's pretty bad. How many times do I got to tell you? I don't do that. You don't do that, but you'll play with yourself. For two fucking hours to a YouTube video. Oh, I got another bucket list. This one's a bucket list. What's that? Number 157. Did you ever want to do it in a police station? Oh, hell fucking no. Hell yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be nowhere near a fucking police station. Fuck you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, my ass. Let's do it. Every time I get cuffed, they beat my ass. Why would I want to have sex in the fucking place? Aw, oh, come on. Fucking Gomer pile motherfuckers. 199. Donna. Do you ever feel awkward doing it with someone who has some weird kind of sexual experience? Hell no, man. Those are the ones that are fun ones. <laughs> They get all freaky, man. You don't have... Because you always have that awkwardness with new people. You don't know what you can and can't do. You know, most guys ain't like me. They don't say, hey, bend the fuck over so I had to give you a colon cleanse. Most guys are like, you know, what you want, honey? And all that bullshit. Fuck that. That takes too much work. Number 101. Oh, this one's a good one for you, too, Hollywood. Oh, shut up. Do you like to go for quickies or a marathon session? Oh, man, I want to blow and get the fuck gone, Jack. Wait, you don't want to do no marathon? Fuck no, man. I ain't your vibrator. <laughs> fuck that. That's why your vibrator died. <laughs> you killed that motherfucker. You murdered it. <laughs> Hell no, I ain't going for a marathon sex. Fuck that. I'm fucking almost 50 years old. I just want to get the fucking blow a fucking low on your face and go. You're fucking shitting me. Fuck that. Not happening with Hollywood. No, no thank you. Morbic 104. Which is the best sex toy everyone should use? A woman's mouth. Well, I guess you just answered that one. A woman's mouth. What else can you say? You know? Sometimes it's tighter than a pussy. You know, some women have some fucking wide open shit, man. 
you, you fall in that shit. So a woman's mouth. Because they have better suction? What? Yes, I have to say yes. Yes. <laughs> then after you fucking blow your load in her mouth, they're like, what did you eat today? <laughs> what was that? Oh, my God. That's so me. <laughs> What the fuck, man? That's some salty ass shit. Well, fucking stop eating all them chips. <laughs> At least I have a smile afterwards. I don't. That's not fair. We got time for one or two more. Geo. <laughs> I want to see Geo. Geo, this is your number, so you better answer this one. 269. 269. How much sexual experience do you have? I got too much. Too much. I've done whatever the fuck I wanted to. What I've ever dreamed about. I've had two fucking broads on my balls. I'd have two broads getting it in the ass. I got it everything. I got everything done I wanted to do. That's why I'm now in this, you know, deal where you just blow and go. I've already had it. Already had it. Been there, done that? Been there, done that. Especially when I owned the Swingers Club. Dude, I was fucking popping everything. Who cares? <laughs> what? You're talking about blowjobs. And Gio puts, none feels better when she sucks your soul right out of your cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta love my boy Gio, man. Oh, Gio. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <Just> posted <laughs> virginity's cool. Remain pure. <laughs> oh, bullshit, Gio. <laughs> I call bullshit. And that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle Radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.